You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. It's Tuesday. I'm so glad to have you with us. Tag a friend. Let them know that we are live, live on Facebook, live on YouTube. You can also get us on Mike Moore Ministries. And I want you to begin to transition over to Mike Moore Ministries. I will be transitioning full time in 2023 to Mike Moore Ministries. So I want you to get familiar with going over there. Listen, I am teaching an an amazing transformative series entitled God Wants You to Be Rich. Say that. God wants me to be rich. Come on, say it again. God wants me to be rich. Say it one more time. God wants me to be rich. Now, I want to be very clear. When I say God wants you to be rich, we all know that Jesus came to save humanity. We all know that God wants us to be rich spiritually, but I'm not talking about being rich spiritually. I am talking about being rich financially and materially. God wants you to be rich. And I've taught this uh, series along these lines in years past. And every time I teach it, it stirs up my faith. It, It lifts me. It elevates me. I get all excited because God wants me to be rich and he wants you to be rich. Now, this is lesson two, our second lesson. And in lesson one, you can go back and and please review lesson one. We establish that God's will for the believer is a rich life. We establish that from the word. We also establish the Bible definition of the word rich. Many Christians don't know what the Bible means when it says rich. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 is the Bible definition of what the word rich means. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 is the Bible definition of what the word rich means. It means to have an abundance to live on and an abundance to give. An abundance to live and an abundance to give. That is God's will for your life. Listen, if you're a pastor, you're a leader over some kind of minister or business, you're going to need finances. Listen, 
You have to make sure that people are growing financially or they can't support what you're going to do. And you have to have the right mindset leader. If you're going to have finances flow through your ministry or through your business, you're going to have to have the right mentality in order for God to flood you. And I use that word literally. He will flood you with increase financial resources to be a blessing, to have every need that you have in your life and in your ministry. We also establish that the rich life was paid for on the cross. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. We establish from the word that the rich life has already been paid for now, we got another subtopic for this lesson. Lesson one, we said that the word rich is not a bad word. In this lesson, lesson two, we're going to talk about people in the Bible whom God made rich. People in the Bible whom God made rich. And we're going to look at the factors that they had to overcome. Now, listen, it's already been paid for. The rich life has already been paid for 2,000 years ago. Jesus was made poor so that you, through his poverty, might be rich. It's already paid for. But we live in a, in a hostile world. In other words, we have spiritual forces. We have natural things coming against us, trying to hinder us from walking in the fullness of God's will and plan for our lives. So even though Jesus paid for it, we have to overcome some issues, factors that will try to hinder you from walking in this rich life. So we're going to look at people in the Bible whom God made rich, and we're going to look at the factors that they overcame. Before we get to those individuals, let's talk about and answer the question, does God make people rich? We're not talking about the devil. We're not talking about you working hard and, and you being you being smart and, and your labor and your efforts. We're talking about and answering the question, does God make men rich? Well, we'll go to the Bible. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, we want to establish what we're saying. Yes, God makes people rich. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he, the Lord thy God, who giveth thee, that's you, that's me, the power to get wealth. And the word wealth there means rich. If you look in the context of Deuteronomy chapter 8, it's talking about material things, material possessions. It's not talking about spiritual things. It's talking about material things. It is God who gives you and me and us the power to get well. God gives power. Yes, he does make men rich. Our second proof text, we gave it to you last week, but it's still relevant today. Proverbs 10, 22 says the blessing of the Lord, it, what? It 
the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow. Now notice, God's blessing on your life will make you rich. God's blessing on your life will make you rich, and then he'll add no sorrow to it. Our third witness is Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19. I guess you can tell I'm getting excited. Whenever I teach on, along these lines, the anointing is on my life to break the yoke over your life. Any yoke of bondage, any yoke of poverty, lack, scarcity, ignorance, it will break that yoke. Now listen, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19 says, Every man also to whom God has given riches. Now listen at that. It's not talking about the devil. It's not talking about wicked men. It says every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him the power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. Now notice, this is the gift of God. That's Ecclesiastes 5.19. It says that God gives riches, God gives wealth, but he also gives men the power to eat thereof or to experience and enjoy the wealth to take his portion and then rejoice in his labor. Notice God says, I'll give you the riches. I'll give you the wealth. I give you the power to enjoy it. And then I'll give you the, the joy of your labors, the joy in your labors. Listen, God wants to make you rich. Now, if you're a believer in Christ, positionally, spiritually, you are a rich man, a rich woman, a rich boy, a rich girl. If you're in Christ, you are rich. Now, God wants to give you the power to experience naturally and materially what Jesus paid for spiritually. Now, we're going to look at examples of people in the Bible, and we're going to look at the factors that they had to overcome. And then I'm going to ask you a question. What is your excuse? What is your excuse? Now, let's look at the first person. Number one, Abraham. Abraham overcame the old age factor. Now, notice I didn't say the age factor. I said the old age factor. Now, Genesis chapter 24, I'm going to give you the name, give you the factor that this individual overcame, uh, and then we're going to look at a proof text. I'll give you uh, a note, and then I'm going to ask you, what is your excuse? So Abraham, we see in Genesis 24, verse 1 and 35, it reads, and Abraham was old. Talking about the old age factor. He was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Notice that. Oh, you got to get this. The Lord has blessed Abraham in all things. Now, so we would not 
make it all spiritual like we tend to do in the age of the church. We tend to make everything spiritual. Abraham's servants outlined the blessing in verse 35. Now listen to Abraham's servant. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. Now notice the servant knew it was the Lord who had blessed Abraham. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he hath given him, the Lord has given Abraham flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and ass. Notice that the Lord blessed him. And notice what it does not say. It does not say the Lord blessed Abraham with spirituals, spiritual things. No, it outlines it. Flocks, herds, silver, gold, men servants, maid servants, camels and asses. And notice now, God blessed Abraham in the arena of his occupation. He was a shepherd. Notice God blessed him and, and caused this shepherd to be a very wealthy man. Now, Abraham overcame the old age factor. Abraham was 75 years old. You'll find that in Genesis chapter 12. He was 75 years old when he got started. When he got started, and here in Genesis 24, he's well over 100 years old. Notice he overcame the old age factor. I know some of you are saying, wow, that's great, Pastor. I wish I had known that when I was, young, when I was younger. No, 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 no. Most of you are not 75, and if you're 75, you still got time. You still got time. Now, Abraham was over 100, and most of you listening to me now have not reached 100. And if you reached 100, you still got time. Notice he overcame the old age factor. God is not limited by your age. He's not limited by the fact that you're well in age. Well, it, you know, I wish I'd known that earlier. Listen, what is your excuse Abraham got started at 75. So what is your excuse? Because this is an excuse. It's an exemption, and that's what an excuse is. It's an exemption from responsibility. You just hiding behind your age. That's, that's your problem. You hiding behind your age. Now, let's go to another person. We see Isaac, he overcame the economy factor. In Genesis 26, 12 through 14, it says, And Isaac sold in that land and received the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Notice, not the devil. The Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great. He became great. He went forward, not backwards. He grew until he became very great, for he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Now, again, I want you to notice that a man was blessed by the Lord. 
But this man, Isaac, overcame the economy or economic factors. The Bible said he sowed in a famine. He worked the principles of the word in a famine. Well, we've been in a pandemic for some time, and yet we see a man who grew and went forward in bad economic times, famine throughout the whole land, and God prospered this man in a time of famine, and he became so rich that the Philistines, outsiders, those who didn't have a covenant with God, they envied him. So what's your excuse? Well, you know, we're in a pandemic. We got to pull back. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say about pulling back, doesn't say about uh, downsizing. No, it doesn't say that. It said he sowed in a time of famine and he became great. He went forward. He increased until he became great, uh, very rich. So we see a man overcoming the economic factor. So what is your excuse? Our third witness, Jacob, he overcame what I call the broke factor. You may say, well, you know, I don't have much, uh, Pastor Mike. I, I, I don't have much. I, I, I wish I could prosper like you're talking about, you know, but times are uh, tough for me right now, Pastor. Times are real hard. You, you know, I lost my job and I'm trying to get work and, you know, I'm living with my parents or I'm living with my brother or living with my sister, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get on my feet. You know, I can't think about that rich thing right now. I don't see why you can't think about it. We're not talking about your power. The Bible says that God gives men the power to get wealth. Now notice J Jacob overcame what I call the broke factor. And you understand what I mean by that in a moment. In Genesis 30, 43, it says, and the man, referring to Jacob, increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maid servants and men servants and camels and asses. Now watch this. Jacob started out penniless. He started out homeless. Now, that's pretty, that's a pretty tough position. And you know anything about Jacob, he got in trouble in his family, stole his brother birthright. His, his brother wanted to kill him. In fact, if, if Esau had got his hands on Jacob, he would have killed him on the spot. So he was in a dysfunctional family, dysfunctional situation, had to run away from home. And when he left home, all he had in his hand was a staff, a stick, a walking stick, and the clothes on his back. He didn't have a home. He didn't have anywhere to stay. He was homeless. He was penniless. In fact, we know it in Genesis 32.10. He said he left home with just a staff. Just a staff and the clothes on his back. Homeless, penniless. And we see God made him a rich man. He overcame the broke factor. Maybe you don't have much right now. Maybe you're struggling right now. Maybe you're dependent on others right now. But I want to ask you a question. 
if God can make this broke man rich, why can't he make you rich? So what is your excuse? What is your exemption responsibility? What is your, see, all I'm doing is reading you the Bible. I'm reading you the word. The word is the answer. The word will break the power of poverty and lack over your life, but you have to believe it. You have to believe it. You have to believe it right where you are. We're looking at men whom God made rich, people whom God made rich, and we're looking at the factors that they overcame. Let's look at another person, Joseph, if I, our fourth witness. Joseph overcame the education factor and the race factor. Wow, this is going to be good. In Genesis 41, verse 43 through 43, notice what the scripture says. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring, that's his signet of authority, his ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in and fine vestures, fine linen, clothed him in fine clothes. And then he put a gold chain about his neck and made him to ride in the second chariot. He went from a prison cell, a slave, owning nothing, to being the second in charge over the most powerful country in the world at that time, Egypt. He went from a prison, being a slave, to being second in charge over Egypt under Pharaoh. Now watch this. Listen at this. And Joseph was put in charge over the whole kingdom. And he did not have a degree in administration. In fact, he didn't have a degree at all. He didn't finish college. He didn't go to Egyptian school. Think about it. All the people, who, and you know, Egypt at that time had the finest schools, finest universities. And here Joseph did not, not only did he not graduate from college, graduate from the university, he didn't even attend. He had no degree in administration and God placed him over the whole kingdom. Think about that. He overcame the education factor. So many Christians say, well, you know, I wish I had gone to school. And you should if you can go to school. I'm not speaking against school. I'm not speaking against that. But even if you go and get a degree, you're going to need God to open up doors. You're going to need the favor of God on your life. But Joseph here had no degree, did not finish school, yet God elevated him and made him rich. And yet he, didn't, he, he wasn't as educated as the people he was leading. There were people he was leading that had more degrees, more education than he had, yet God placed him in that position. 
he overcame the education factor. Some of you, for different reasons, you didn't go to college, you didn't get a degree, you didn't do that. Now, if you still can do it if you want to. But I'm just saying God is not limited to that. There are so many people who are multimillionaires and some even billionaires that don't have a college degree. Think about that. Joseph overcame both the education factor and the race factor. He wasn't a Jew. Think about it. Here's a, he was an Egyptian. Think about it. Here is a young Jew that was taken from his home and from his culture, placed in a total different culture, totally different race of men, and here this Jew was elevated and led people of a different race. Notice Joseph overcame the education factor. He overcame the race factor. So many uh, Christians, well, you know, they are against me. You know, they keeping me down. They won't give a person a break. And many times black people are talking about white people. Well, racism is a real problem in our country. Prejudice, racial prejudice and bias is a real problem, but it's not a problem to God unless you believe it's a problem. Now, if you believe it's a problem for you and that God can't overcome it, then then you have a problem. You have a problem. But Joseph overcame the race problem. Now, let's look at uh, our fifth witness. David overcame the sin factor. The sin factor, 1 Chronicles 29, 12 through 28. Think about it. Here David is. God had blessed his life, prospered him, and then he had a midlife crisis. Fell in love, had an affair with another man's wife. The girl got pregnant. The man's wife got pregnant by David. David tried to cover it up, had the man put in the front line. He was in the army. And while the man was off the war, David was sleeping with his wife. She got pregnant. David put the man, sent orders to put Uriah this woman's husband in the front front line of war and pulled the uh, so, pull, uh, the forces back and allowed this guy to got ki- get killed. Now notice here, we have a man who literally commits adultery and commits murder. Well, did he overcome? Was that the end of the story? Well, let's see. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 29, 12 and 28, and we all know that there are consequences to our misbehavior, so I'm not saying there won't be any consequences. And if you've ever seen, you know there's some consequences. You know, and most people, Christians, once they go through them consequences, they don't want that anymore, okay? So I'm not saying, I am saying that God can override take you through the consequences, get you beyond the consequences, and prosper your life. If. Now let's look at this. First Chronicles 29, 12. First Chronicles 29, verse 12 and 28 says, Both riches and honor come of thee, 
and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now watch this. David here is receiving an offering from his leaders, but he gives, and some uh, people have calculated around $65 million equivalent to what our money would be worth. He gave $65 million to the offering as an example. And then in his prayer and in his exhortation to others to give toward the building of the temple, he acknowledges that riches and honor come from the Lord and that the Lord give the power to be great. Then let's look at the end of his life. And he, this is verse 28, 1 Chronicles 29, 28. And he, David, died in a good old age, full of days, riches and honor, and Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. Now, that is a powerful testimony. Even though he made a huge mistake, even though it transformed, it impacted his life, it impacted his family, he went through Hades. Listen, it was not easy what he went through. But on the other side, the Bible says he died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. God gave him wealth, but God also gave him honor. So what does that tell us? That tell us that God will override the fact that we have sinned and had a more failure if, and here's the big if, if we truly repent. Not if we make excuses, but if we truly repent, then God can override the fact that we've sinned, we've had a moral failure, and God can bless you in your latter days. That's good news. Let's look at our sixth witness, Solomon. So Solomon overcame both the youth and the inexperience factor. Sometimes we, we, we talk about the old age factor. Some people say, well, you know, it's too late for me to own a home. It's too late for me to start a ministry. It's too late for what God shared with me to take place. That, they deal with the old age factor. But Solomon, as a young person, he was young in experience. He's now accepting the throne. He's going to be a leader, and he's very young. And he goes to God and says, now, listen, God, I'm inexperienced. I'm young. I don't know what I'm doing. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. I want to be able to hear you so that I can judge your people. And God was so impressed. And God said, now, listen, I'm going to give you what you asked for. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you understanding. I'm going to guide you in your decision making, but I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. Listen what it says in 1 Kings 3.13. 
And I have also given you that which you have not asked, both riches and honor. Now listen, that's the Lord talking to Solomon. He said, I have given you what you didn't ask for, riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto you all the days of your life. Solomon was the world's only multi-trillionaire. Forbes has a billionaire list. And people on that list are celebrated, the richest person ever. And usually those riches stop at billions, but that's a lot of money. But Solomon was the world's only multi-trillionaire. He was so wealthy that they lost count. They stopped counting the wealth. He was a multi-trillionaire. And it was God that blessed him. God gave it to him. Now think about it. You can say, well, you, you, we don't need all that. We don't need all that. It don't take all that. Well, talk to God about it. God was the one that made him a multi-trillionaire. Talk to God. But notice, he was young, he was inexperienced, and he overcame the youth and the inexperience factor. God is not limited by your age. God can bless you as a young person. God can bless you as a teenager. God can bless you as a child. God can bless you as a millennial. God can bless you early in your life. Early. You don't have to work 50 years and walk in the blessing. God wants to bless you early in your life. You say, well, I don't have any experience. You know, I don't have experience. They want experience. God is not limited by inexperience. What's your excuse? You have given weight to the excuse. Now, let's look at our last person. That's Job. Job overcame the loss factor. Job 42.10 says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, think about that. God turned his captivity in your find in Genesis chapter, I mean, Job chapter one and Job chapter two, he lost everything. Job was the wealthiest man in the whole East. In his time, his era, in his part of the world, Job was the wealthiest person, the Bible tells us, and he lost everything. Satan attacked him, took away his family, took away his children, took, actually broke up his marriage, we don't know what happened to that girl. She, he, he came in, he had sickness, he lost his homes, he lost his possessions, he lost his cattle, he lost everything. And the Bible says that the Lord turned the captivity of Job, now watch this, and gave him twice as much as he had before. He was the wealthiest person in the East. And God gave him twice as much as he had lost. So at the end, and some people said, you know, that thing he went through last about nine months, he lived another 140 years. And the Bible said God gave him twice as much as he had lost. Now think about this. So God can restore, this is a word for you, God can restore everything you lost 
and take you beyond where you were. Wow. God can restore everything you lost. Everything you lost in that divorce. Everything you lost in, in that failed business. Everything you lost in the pandemic. Everything that you lost in that lawsuit. Everything that you lost during that time you were unemployed. God can restore everything you lost and take you beyond where you were. That's the laws factor. So my question, what is your excuse? Notice Abraham overcame the old age factor. Isaac overcame the economy factor. Jacob overcame the broke factor. Joseph overcame the education and the race factor. David overcame the sin factor. Solomon overcame the youth and the inexperience factor. And Job overcame the loss factor. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, but everybody you showed us, everybody you showed us is in the Old Testament. That's the Old Testament. Well, I give you a text because you got to overcome the dispensation factor. See, you think it's a dispensational blessing. Well, let's go back to our last scripture last week. 1 Timothy 6, 17, charge them that are rich in this world. Christians, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to Enjoy. That's the dispensation factor for all of you that won't say, well, that's the Jews. And no, no. Paul is writing to Timothy. He's writing to the New Testament church. And he said, charge them that are rich in this world. But not to trust in the riches, but trust in the living God. Watch this. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Listen, I got to go, but we're not finished. We're not finished. God wants you to be rich. In our next lesson, we're going to talk about the assassins that will try to stop you from being rich. We looked at factors you have to overcome, but we're going to look at some assassins that Satan's sin to stop you from being rich. Thank you for joining us today. Listen, on Thursday, I'm going to be teaching on marriage. You got to get into that. Oh, it's good. It's good. Listen, I'll see you next time. God bless you. And I pray that you have an amazing rest of the week. Mm -hmm.